Welcome to Wealth Radio on News Radio KLBJ with author and wealth manager Chris Herline. Join the conversation. Call or text now at 512-836-0590. Now, here's your host, Chris Herline. All right, it's great to be with you live on this warm Saturday morning. I'm Chris Herline of Reap Financial and host of Wealth Radio right here on News Radio KLBJ for the last decade. You can also tune in with me every Wednesday on News Channel 36 during the 6 p.m. news hour for Retire Ready TV to stay on top of the latest. We've got a great hour lined up for you today. I've got Tate producing, and the phone lines just opened up at 512-836-0590. You can text me or call me with all your retirement, investment, tax, and estate questions today, 512-836-0590. Look forward to speaking with you. And today I'm gonna to do something a little different. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of break our show down into two parts. Um, for years, we've let you call in and your questions drive this show's agenda. And from time to time, we get emails into our office about certain topics. And here in 2023, we have been inundated with questions around annuities. Annuities um, are a investment product, a vehicle that can be used in a number of ways. And I think we've seen a huge influx of questions around this because the interest rate environment has changed so much in the last two years. And the annuity landscape has gotten a lot more competitive, a lot more attractive, but there's so many misconceptions around annuities. And so what we'll do today is we'll spend a little bit of time breaking down the different types, the good, the bad, and the truth about annuities. And I also want to open up today just talking about something that I spoke with dozens of our families on this week. And it's how you you need to just pause and ask yourself, when you think about your portfolio, what is your number one concern? What's your number one objective? It's probably making money, right? And for some, you can obsess about your investment returns, but if that's where you start, or that's where you stop, you're missing the boat. You really need to devise a tax smart plan and keep your wealth via taxes. If you don't have a plan to keep your double digit returns, what's the point? And so what I'm gonna dive into here is six often overlooked unique ideas on ways to do this within your portfolio today. Chris Herline live in studio with you, 512-836-0590. We're taking your text and questions today. But when you think about retirees, I have met hundreds. We have dozens come through our office and sit down with our fiduciary advisors and we see that too many retirement-minded individuals, they focus on profits when they really should be paying attention to the bottom line. We want you to craft a strategy on how to keep your hard-earned dollars instead of just worrying solely about returns. Now, returns are important, but we want to have a proactive, forward-looking strategy to keep your wealth long-term. And it's something that just many people don't consider. But what I know for a fact is that just by holding on to more of your hard-earned money, you could see a dramatic jump in your lifestyle 
and most importantly, your financial security. So many of our Wealth Radio listeners, so many of our very own clients at REIT Financial, you've done a great job of saving. You've paid off all your debts, but you've forgotten about taxes. And when it comes to 401ks, when it comes to IRAs, most of you that have those type of accounts, you've never paid a dime in taxes. And the government is going to want its share at some point. Now, you think about Social Security. We've talked about that for years on this program. We think about required minimum distributions. What we see is that when the government comes knocking and wants these dollars out of those IRAs and 401ks, some people find themselves jumping into higher tax brackets once that day hits. We have families that we retire that are in the same tax bracket. Some, believe it or not, that are even in a higher tax bracket when they retire. So in retirement, you don't have kids on the payroll typically. Your house is paid off. So a lot of the deductions you once had, those go away. But despite what you often hear, it's possible that you can have more control over your taxes and savings in retirement than any time in your life if you do it correctly. And there are some options to avoid taking a significant tax hit. And it's never too late to begin implementing these valuable strategies I'm gonna cover with you today. So let's dive in. Here's some tactics to help you avoid paying extra in retirement. Now, the first strategy is called a reverse rollover. Very few people have heard of this. Very few people don't know that this is even possible. But Americans are living longer, and many are likely going to be working longer, potentially working into their 70s. And in many cases, somebody that's working in their 70s can avoid taking a tax hit from their required minimum distribution. How's that? Well, let's just set this up. At 73, you have to take a required minimum distribution. You may be listening right now and you're over 70 and you're already taking a required minimum distribution. But see, if you're still working, you likely don't need to touch your IRAs and your 401ks, right? Because you got a paycheck coming in. So understand this, it's possible that you could roll your IRA into your current employer's 401k or 403b. Now we think about it, when you retire, you may have heard about a 401k rollover, right? You, you retire and now we're gonna take the 401k, we're gonna move it into an IRA and invest it. Well, what I'm talking about is what's called a reverse rollover. This strategy allows you to take your IRA that may be subject to required minimum distributions while you're working and roll it into your employer 401k. By doing that, there's no longer required minimum distributions because as long as you have a 401k that's current, that you're employed with, the government doesn't make you take required distributions. Now, this is going to boil down to the employer plan. Most plans we see in our experience will allow this. There are some plans that won't allow for a reverse rollover. But if you're working and you're in your 70s and you've got an IRA that's subject to required minimum distribution and you don't want that required minimum distribution because you don't need it, this is a powerful way 
to reduce your taxes and defer your required minimum distributions to the day that you do finally retire. Now, one little caveat, because I know I've got business owners listening right now. If you're a business owner, you likely can't take advantage of this. You cannot own 5% or more of the company that provides the 401k to enjoy this benefit. And I said, nice try, because a lot of business owners, you're, you're going to stay employed even after you're wanting to slow down. Maybe, you know, you've sold and you're doing a slow earnout, your kids are taking over. So keep that in mind. There are some limitations, but the reverse rollover is just a great, great strategy. 512-836-0590. We've got a great show lined up today, right now talking about six strategies to keep more of your money in retirement. Keep Uncle Sam off your portfolio. We're going to take a quick break here. Dial in now, 512-836-0590, or text your questions, and we'll get to those on the other side of the break. Like what you hear? Make sure you never miss a show. Go to WealthRadio.com and subscribe to have it delivered right to your inbox. Now, back to Wealth Radio on News Radio KLBJ with Chris Herline. Chris Herline, live in studio with you today. Tate is standing by for your calls. You can dial in now or text 512-836-0590. We got a lot to cover here today, but Tate, let's go to the phone lines here. We got a call coming in from Lynn. Hey there, Chris. So I'm 55 and I've heard that at certain ages, you should have a certain amount of money saved just so that you're on track for retirement. So being that I'm 55, how much money do I need to have? Well, thanks for the call, Lynn. I'll tell you, there's, um, there's not a magic number. Okay, there's, there's everybody's lifestyle, everybody's values and savings and spending habits are different. Um, and, you know, I've talked for years on this program about how it's, you know, a lot of people save towards an arbitrary number. Like once I get to a million or, or five million or seven, whatever the number is, and then I'll be okay. And that's not the case. There's people listening right now that could have retired years ago and they don't even know it. There's people right now that think they want to retire, but they, they don't have enough to. So when I think you said you were in your 50s, let me, let me break it down for all of our listeners here. We'll start it, let's just start it, let's say 35. Okay, so how do you know if you are on track? Okay, and remember, there's not a magic number, but here's a really good baseline, okay? If you're 35, you should have at least one year's worth of your salary currently saved. One year. At 45, you should have at least three years of your annual salary saved and invested. Okay, so Len, at 55, if this is your target, you should have at least five years of salary saved. And let's go all the way out to 65. You need to have eight to 11 times your current annual salary saved. That's a good baseline. Okay, it's a really good baseline. But one of my favorite things that we do with families throughout the year is we calibrate their planning and we check in on what they're spending, what their budget is. And it's just, again, it's so incredible. When you increase the budget five, 700 bucks a month, 
I mean, that doesn't, that's like a nice, you know, couple dinners for our listeners here, right? But 500 bucks a month over a 30 year retirement career is incredibly powerful. It can make or break a plan. It really, it really can. So Lynn, I hope that gives you a good reference and we'll take additional calls and questions today at 512-836-0590. You know, before the break, I wanted to just share with you six really powerful strategies to keep more of your money in retirement. The first one I covered was reverse rollovers. So that's a really cool strategy if you're working in your 70s. Now, this is one that's been around forever, but very few take advantage of it. It's called a qualified charitable distribution. It's highly, highly underutilized. Okay, now if you give charitably, let's say that you give to your church. Well, most people, they're retired, they're taking required minimum distributions through the year, and then, you know, whether you're sitting on the pew and the plate comes around or you mail in a check or it's bill pay, you, you, you give your tithe or your donation, right? And then you may be charitably inclined with, with other charities as well that maybe, you know, isn't just a church or a, or a religious organization. And the reason I kind of map it like that is because if you're giving charitably and you are currently having to take a required minimum distribution, the first dollars you should be giving are from your required minimum distribution. That's where this strategy is really powerful because it can help you reduce your taxable income. Because you can give up to $100,000 a year. That's per person. So you and your spouse, $100,000 each. Two qualified 501c3s. And if you give directly from your required minimum distribution, two things happen. One, it satisfies towards the RMD amount that you have to take on the year. And two, it doesn't show up in your Schedule A. So that income is completely off the books. But what people are doing incorrectly is they take the required distribution, they put it in the bank, and then they give charitably. Keep in mind, if you take a standard deduction, which most people do today, you don't even get a charitable deduction. So if you do get a charitable deduction, it's likely still far less than getting that income off the bottom line of your 1040. So qualified charitable distributions is a powerful way to reduce your taxable income. Number three, my favorite topic, Roth conversions. Roth conversions. Taking your 401k, your traditional IRAs, and converting them into Roths is a great strategy if you want to avoid heavy taxes, if you want to leave you know, a lasting legacy with your heirs. It also helps with tax diversification. It can help keep you in a lower tax bracket. And I was on a phone call with a gal this week and she said, you know, Chris, I, I was an executive at Apple. I, I couldn't do a Roth. And that's where people think, you know, hey, I make too much money, so I can't put money in a Roth. And I said, you're correct. If you were making over a certain amount, you couldn't put money directly in a Roth. However, you could convert to a Roth. If you have a single dollar in an IRA or 401k, you can get in the Roth game. Powerful reasons to get in the Roth game. The money grows tax-free. That's great, right? We all like tax-free money. The money goes to your heirs tax-free, but here's the most important piece for you. The money is off the government books. 
it's never going to be required to take a distribution from it. So you're in control of when you want to utilize that money and when you do utilize it, it's tax free. This is what I mean. You can get more control of your taxes in retirement than any time in your life if you do it right. You really can. 512-836-0590, you can call or text your questions, whether it's Social Security, IRAs, 401ks, Medicare, investment questions and beyond. Happy to dive into those today. So another strategy that is highly underutilized is what's called after-tax contributions to your 401k. Okay, a lot of you, you may already be maxing out your 401k. But depending on your employer's plan, you may still be able to make what's called an after-tax contribution to the plan. And you can roll those contributions, these after-tax contributions, to be clear, down the road to a Roth when you retire. Think about it like a, like a mega Roth. So it allows you to put exponentially more money in the plan, invest it, and then down the road, those after-tax contributions can be directly put into a Roth IRA. So this is a cool strategy if you've got discretionary income. If you're already maxing out IRAs and 401ks and you're wondering where else to go, that can be a great strategy depending on your employer plan. Now, another one that's underutilized and kind of misunderstood, it's, it's called a health savings account. Most of you have heard of that, but it's the most powerful retirement account on the, on the planet, guys. Like you're scratching your head. You're like, how is that possible? It really is. Individuals out there, you can max out your HSAs every year. If you're on a family plan, it's well over eight grand you can put into that thing. And see, when you put money into an HSA, it's tax deductible. So you get a tax deduction up front. We like that. Then you can invest the money in most plans. So you get that money cooking, get it growing. But then when you have a medical bill, Dr. Copay, prescriptions, there's like over a thousand qualified HSA expenses. When you have that expense come up, maybe think twice about pulling out that HSA debit card or checkbook, because you may be able to get much bigger bang for your buck down the road. So you max out your HSA every year, you let it in, you know, be invested, let it grow, do its thing. And then down the road come retirement, you can cut yourself a retroactive reimbursement check for every medical expense you had while you had that HSA. So you got to keep track of your medical expenses, but most people do that on their credit card anyways. So you get a tax deduction on the front. It grows tax free, and then you can take it out as a reimbursement down the road when you need tax free retirement income. Such a cool strategy. And then if you got, more money in there than what you can reimburse or knows you're going to need it in later life for Medicare premiums and a number of other things. Now, the sixth strategy. Number six, non-deductible IRAs. And this is for you higher earners out there. Too often, you write off Roth IRAs, don't you? You think you make too much money. But that can be a big mistake because you can put money into what's called a non-deductible IRA and then convert it in the same year to a Roth IRA, which means a portion of those funds have already been taxed. And you know when you make this conversion, you can be in the Roth game as a high earner. Now I wanna be clear, if you've got money already in an IRA and you do a non-deductible IRA and convert in the same year, there can still be some 
tax implications with a pro rata rule. So consult with your CPA or your accountant prior to doing this, but this is how you high earners can get in the game. And we've done this for, for years and years and years. And we knew it was perfectly legal, but just in the last couple of years, the IRS finally came out in black and white and was like, yeah, it, it's totally good. As a high earner, you can do this. So don't exclude yourself from the Roth game. You know, if you're willing to pay the price of admission to get in the game, you know, this is a great way to do it. 512-836-05. There's a lot more strategies that we talk about with our clients and I can share them with you on Wealth Radio, but if this is resonating, I want you to get your hands on my book, Money Will Buy Happiness, but time to find it, because I talk about these strategies and a lot more. What I'll do for our Wealth Radio listeners this weekend is for our first 10 emailers, shoot me an email right now, chris at wealthradio.com, and I'll shoot you a either a hard copy or a digital copy of my book, Money Won't Buy Happiness, but time to find it at no cost, just for your listenership here on KLBJ. It's of great value. You can always pick it up on Amazon as well, but want to get this in the hands of individuals that really are wanting to get control of their retirement. So 512-836-0590, 512-836-0590, if you want to dial in with your questions or you want to get your hands on that book, Money Won't, hap money won't, money won't Buy Happiness, but time to find it. Email me right now, chris at wealthradio.com. And what we're going to do on the other side of the break is I'm going to get into the annuity landscape. We have been inundated this year with questions around what's an annuity? What type of annuity should I buy? You know, am I even eligible for annuity? Does it make sense? And there's good, there's bad, and there's ugly when it comes to the annuity landscape. And so because we are seeing more and more questions around this, I'm going to spend some time breaking down the different types and what makes sense for a lot of retirees and most importantly what doesn't make sense for a lot of you listening so you can dial in right now 512-836-0590 we're going to take a quick news break Like what you hear? Make sure you never miss a show. Go to WealthRadio.com and subscribe to have it delivered right to your inbox. Now, back to Wealth Radio on News Radio KLBJ with Chris Herline. Welcome back, everyone. Chris Herline of Reap Financial here with you every Saturday, 11 a.m. For over a decade now, taking your questions live on air. 512-836-0590 to join. That's the number Gary dialed in with. Hey, Gary, welcome to the program. Doing great, man. How can we help you? Uh, got a uh, 401 at work. Both pre-tax and raw is available. And I have both. And I'm wondering, can I roll my 401 pre-tax into my raw 401 at work? Wow. That's a great question, man. So what you're talking about doing is what we call an... Um, it's called an in-service Roth conversion, okay? So it's, it's a current 401k at work. You're putting money, potentially you've you got both options, let's put it that way. He's got pre-tax and post-tax or, or no tax dollars, the Roth. And so what you wanna do is get with HR, the plan administrator, and see if they'll allow you to do an, an internal in-service Roth conversion. Uh, most employers are allowing that these days, in my experience. 
And just keep in mind that whatever amount you convert will be income on the year. And, um, you know, it's, it's a smart way to, to get in the, the Roth game. A lot of people, Gary, they've got more in the regular 401k than the, than the Roth 401k because the Roth 401k is newer. But that's a really, you know, calculated way to slowly start getting it in there. And, you know, each conversion the following year, it's all tax-free. Okay, but so the conversion, even though it's... 401 to 401 is still... Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you're, you're going to convert dollars that have never been taxed. You've got a deduction on that money when you put it in. So whatever amount you convert um, will be taxable. So just be measured and consult with the CPA. All right. Thanks, Chris. All right, man. Thanks for the call. You can join me as well at 512-836-0590. And you can even text your question. We'll get to those. Still got plenty of time today. All right. So here's where we're going to take the show. I've been getting inundated this year with questions around annuities. And I think the main reason for that is that with interest rates going up the last two years, um, the, the annuity landscape has gotten a lot more competitive. Um, you know, fixed rate annuities uh, are paying rates that are generally going to be higher than CDs at the bank. Just yesterday, I got word that there's a carrier that is offering a guaranteed 6% rate for 10 years. 6% guaranteed return on a 10-year contract with no fee. I mean, you rewind two years ago, that same 10-year contract was paying like three. So, yeah, they are getting more attractive. It's kind of almost like the, a bond proxy for a lot of people. They think about that as a kind of a bond component. But there's a lot of different types of annuities, right? There's, I mean, there's, there's, there's just so much misconception out there. Um, but, you know, the thing is, we start with what is an annuity? Um, annuities, in one form and another, you know, they've been around for over 2,000 years. Back to the Romans is where these things were incepted. And speculators sold these annuities, these financial instruments. That's how far back they go. But, you know, the thing is, there's a lot of different types, and they're generally pretty complicated because they all work differently. But I'm just going to quickly give you my top three reasons you shouldn't buy an annuity. Okay, you ready? The first reason not to buy an annuity is that, let's say you're a family that's just, you don't have risk tolerance. You, you just want no risk. I can't handle any equity exposure. So I'm just going to put everything in an annuity. Obviously, we don't want to put everything in anything, right? But that's not a reason to buy an annuity. It's just because you're scared of the market. Another reason not to buy an annuity is your age. With annuities, they have certain tax benefits. And the IRS gives you those tax benefits, but they say you can't touch the money in the annuity until you're 59 and a half. So if you're in your 30s, you can still buy an annuity, but you just need to understand that that money is not going to be accessible without a penalty. So 59 and a half. For some of you, that may actually be good. <laughs> you can't touch it. But you know what? The same is true of your IRA and 401k. Do you know that? Your IRAs and 401ks, 
traditional accounts like that, they can't be accessed till 59 and a half either. So it's not like the annuity is the only thing that has the 59 and a half, but your age really does play into the decision of buying an annuity. Generally, we see people buying annuities in their 50s, in their 60s, and planning on deferring those gains and potentially income till you know, they need it down the road. And I'd say the third reason not to buy an annuity is that you want growth potential. <laughs> like if you are wanting max growth that the market can provide, annuities generally aren't gonna give you that. Many of them will allow growth with what the market does, but you know, you're gonna be limited on some of the upside, you're gonna be limited on the downside. And generally, you know, you're gonna be paying fees depending on the type of annuity that in some cases may be higher than if you just wanted to go buy an S&P index fund. So there's three, my, I'd say my three top reasons, you don't wanna just go buy an annuity, okay? We gotta be careful with that. Now, I've got a lot more to cover on this. 512-836-0590. Let's go to Jim here. Hey, Jim, welcome to the program. Hello, Chris. How are you? Doing great, sir. Uh, I am an actual big financial client, and I'm, but I have a different subject matter today. Great. What When you sell your home and you, you know, in Austin, home, home sales are pretty high item right now still. Mm-hmm. What, what's the best recommendation where you should park your your cash from sell that home? Well, Jim, the first thing I, I'd want to know is, you know, if it's taxable, you know, if, if the gains you, you, you've made on the home, we're going to make sure it's it's not taxable. If it is, you know, budget for the taxes, and then, then we can park the money. You know, I would say it really makes sense to devise a plan on what, the long term is with this money. Because if you're going to need the money to go buy another piece of property in the next six to 12 months, or for another reason, you probably wanna consider the amount of risk that you're gonna take with the investment. Because we want, we want the money there, right? If, if it's needed. If it's, if it's not, if it's gonna be longer term, well then we put together a, a longer term investment plan. You know, while you're composing a plan though, you know, I would say consider you know, a money market, an institutional money market, um, you know, that's yielding today around 4%. You could even look at maybe a, a, a 12 month CD. You know, those are paying in the realm of 5%. Um, you know, while you're trying to make a decision on the best way to get that money invested longer term. So that's probably where I'd start. Do you know if you're paying tax on the, uh, on the gains there, Jim? Chris, basically based on the cost of the house and the expenses and the conditions, it's about a break even. Oh, that's about $500,000 cap. Fantastic. That's good to so hear. It's, it's, it's a neutral before adjusting that. Microphones, where can you get the best? Is a CD the best product? Or is it, I mean, I know we can get CDs out there six to seven months, short term, and even five months, four years, five percent. Unless you have a better recommendation place. Well, if you're looking for conservative, yeah, Jim, if you're going to go like conservative, you're not wanting to put it in the equity markets then you know you could consider a bond you could consider a cd like i said cds are in the realm of five um you know i was talking today about migas the multi-year guarantee annuities those are paying uh up to six percent uh without a fee uh with with you know principal protection 
um, that's pretty attractive, you know, with no risk to be able to get five and a half, six percent. It's pretty strong. Um, so from a conservative aspect, you know, a bond, a CD or a MIGA is, is uh, kind of where we would go. You know, it's, it's different. Two years ago, I wouldn't have been telling you that because rates were so low, but rates have come up so much that, you know, more conservative investors can get some meaningful growth. You're, you're right. We have to worry about financial chaos in Washington, D.C. Oh, man, don't get us started. <laughs> but I do have a phone call into your office to try to get an appointment with you next week. So Fantastic, that. Jim. I, I look forward to visiting with you and our team, and uh, thank you for the call here, man. All the best to you and the family. And talk to you and Anderson Road. Bye-bye. All right. Take care. 512-836-0590. You can call in like Jim. It's great when our REAP financial clients call in. Um, and I'll tell you, you know, we've got a lot to cover today. I've, I've still got much to dive into on the annuity landscape. I think what we'll do, Tate, let's take a quick break. We'll come back in our final segment and do a deep dive into the good, the bad, and the ugly. Like what you hear? Make sure you never miss a show. Go to WealthRadio.com and subscribe to have it delivered right to your inbox. Now, back to Wealth Radio on News Radio KLBJ with Chris Herline. In our final segment, it's the fastest hour of my week, and we've got Tate producing today, and he's uh, standing by to take your calls in this final segment. 512-836-0590, but let's dive right into how an annuity works, okay? An annuity have been, these things have been around for 2,000 years, okay? And there's different types. There's some that provide safe and secure growth. There's some that provide um, uh, growth based on the stock market index, growth based on a stated interest rate. Many annuities provide income. Well, if you're looking at an income annuity, the way I frame it is, you're taking a portion of your money and you're giving it to a insurance company. And what you're doing is you're transferring the risk of living a long life, you're transferring that risk over to the insurance company because most income annuities are going to pay you a lifetime income. I mean, you could live to 110 and they're on the hook. In some cases, maybe for both you and your spouse. If you die early, well, in most cases, whatever's in the account would go to your heirs. Annuities are the only vehicle on planet Earth that allow you to run out of money, but never run out of income. I'm going to say it again. You can run out of money in the account, but never run out of income. So those are income type annuities or indexed annuities with income writers, okay? Another type of annuity, in fact, we just talked about it with Jim, our last caller, you know, it's called a multi-year guarantee annuity. MIGAS, multi-year guarantee annuity. You can Google that. And these are very similar to CDs. They, they come in a one-year, two-year, three-year, four-year, all the way up to 10 years. And you're going to get a stated rate of return, and it's going to be fixed it's a one-way contract. So if you get a 10-year contract that's got a 6% interest rate guaranteed 
for 10 years, even if interest rates go back down, they're on the hook. If interest rates go up, well, you're still going to get your six, but maybe you could get more. So those type of annuities don't generally have any sort of income component. It's just give me my 6% and don't hurt me. That's kind of the way the MIGAs work. But when you think about all the annuities, this is why it's so confusing. Not only is there a lot of types, but they've got a lot of ins and outs. So the first type that I want to cover is called a SPIA, a single premium immediate annuity. If you work for the state, the Fed, maybe a, you know, a heritage company that you work for for you know, 25, 35 years, you may have a pension, right? You retire and you're going to get an immediate income. And depending on how you take it, that pension is going to pay for you and potentially your spouse for as long as you live. That's an immediate annuity, essentially. With a single premium immediate annuity, you would take a portion of your portfolio, you'd give it to an A-rated insurance company, and then they're going to give you an immediate income. And so depending on how much you put in will dictate, obviously, the income you're going to get. So in that case, you're transferring the risk of living a long life to an insurance company. That's what it is. With SPIAs, these immediate annuities, a lot of times they don't have a death benefit. Depending on the carrier, they may offer that for a fee. But in most cases, you know, you get hit by the bus two weeks in, you know, they win. The same is true with your employer pension, right? Like in most cases, there's not going to be uh, survivorship if both you and your spouse pass. Kids aren't going to get the income typically. So that's single premium immediate. Then you got a MIGA, multi-year guarantee annuity. I talked about those. Just think about it like a CD. It's administered by a, an insurance company for a period of one, two, five, ten years, whatever you select. You're going to get a certain rate of return. Those generally don't have any fees. They're working with your money. You think of like a CD. A CD doesn't have a fee, does it? Well, maybe. It does if you cash out early. Well, the MIGA's pretty similar. You cash out early, you don't satisfy the contract term, you may get popped with a penalty. Then you've got what's called a qualified longevity annuity contract. These are newer on the scene. And these are, these are for people that maybe are trying to defer required minimum distributions because you can put up to 200 grand into these things now. They just raised that limit here in 2023. You can put 200 grand of your portfolio in a qualified longevity annuity contract and let's say it's IRA money you're putting in there. Well, by putting it in the QLAC, the longevity annuity contract, you don't have to take required minimum distributions on that money until age 85. So it, it can be a tax strategy, but again, you're just kicking the can down the road. We typically don't utilize qualified longevity annuity contracts because in my opinion, there's better ways to mitigate your tax bill, like converting your IRAs to Roth, your 401ks to Roth. There's ways to get around that without having to use a, an annuity vehicle. Then you've got indexed annuities. Indexed annuities are just that. They're tied to a stock market index, and there's a lot of different indexes. Uh, there's, there's you know the straight-up S&P. You may have Dow Jones. You may have the Russell. And one thing I want to be just, I, I want to put out there is a lot of carriers, they have like these proprietary indexes that they, they design. And um, not all are bad, 
But the reason we don't generally like those is because there's not a lot of history to be able to look back on. They like to put, you know, hypothetical performance together, but I like clean, I like simple indexes, things that have been around a long time and likely will be around a lot longer than we will. So indexed annuities allow you to participate in the index you select. So let's say you put money in a 10-year indexed annuity and that money is going to cook for that 10-year period. And generally, they're going to take a reading of how the stock market does over a 12-month period. And depending on your index, if there's positive interest in that given 12 months, you may make interest. If the market's negative over that 12 months, with an index annuity, typically, you're not going to lose any money. So you have principal protection in many of these indexed annuities. The worst case scenario in a negative market year is you would do zero. If the market's positive, you can participate in some of the growth. Typically, they're gonna have what's called caps or spreads. So a cap rate would work like, let's say you had a 10% cap. Okay, so the market does 15, you make 10. The market does seven, you make seven. You're gonna make everything up to 10. So you're limited on your upside but you're protected on your downside. A spread works a little bit differently, but it's kind of the same deal. You're not gonna get all of the growth in most cases. There can be fees associated with index annuities, but generally those fees are gonna be for what's called income riders. So you can buy income riders so that the market's performing down the road, you wanna turn on a lifetime income stream, generally you're gonna to have to pay for that. But there are a lot of index annuities out there that don't charge fees if you're just wanting more conservative growth along the way. So you've got two types. You've got an indexed annuity that's really just designed for growth. And then some carriers, they'll allow you to get the growth alongside turning income down the road. Um, turn on an income down the road, I should say. And then you got a variable annuity. Variable annuities allow you to put money in a contract for five, seven, 10 years. Um, that money is going to be actually invested in the stock market. Of all the annuities I mentioned, variables are the only type where your money's actually gonna be invested in mutual funds. And that money is going to ebb and flow with the market. And depending on how that account performs over the years, in many cases, that can dictate your income. Now, oftentimes they'll have what's called a, a roll-up rate or a roll-up account so that you are getting like a guaranteed stated rate um, alongside you know what the growth account could do. but. You know, one thing about annuities that gets real confusing is when they have these two different type of accounts, maybe you have an income account or protected value account, uh, and then you've got your growth account. You know, you, the, the account that has a guaranteed roll-up rate on these income writers, typically that's not the balance you can just walk with. You're not just going to be able to walk away with that. Um, it's designed for your income. You know, based on what that account value is, that's what will dictate your income down the road. The account value on these things typically is the account that you walk with at the end of the contract if you don't want income. So there's a lot of different types. Variable annuity out of all the six I discussed is the one that has more growth potential typically, but you all have more risk because you can lose money in variable annuities. And the other types, generally your, your money's gonna be principal protected. So what I wanna do is I'm up against the clock, but if you are in the uh, annuity 
landscape, if you're considering an annuity, there's a lot of things you need to know about the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I want you to get my annuity decision guide. Set no cost for our Wealth Radio listeners. Email me, chris at wealthradio.com. Chris at wealthradio.com. My team will send that out to you this week. It's our annuity decision guide. It's 15 plus pages where we dive in so that you can make very smart financial decisions. As always, thank you for your listenership here on Wealth Radio. We're with you every Saturday, 11 a.m., and I'll catch you next week.